Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, uh, uh-huh. uh, 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 uh-huh. Another edition of the Degenerate Hawkeyes podcast. Trent and Biz, we talk Hawkeye football with you and some basketball as Iowa continues the doldrums of college basketball as they beat up some of the worst teams you will see all through the college basketball season. But Biz, positive vibes again. Iowa gets it done with one offensive touchdown. They beat the Illini and without Brett Bielema on the sidelines. What's happening? Even more positive vibes, Trent. We have we have breaking news right before we uh, before we tape this today. Uh, I don't know if this is really a concern or not, but Tory Taylor has announced he he is not going pro. So, uh, <laughs> the return of the torpedo as well. So only Iowa would uh, officially announce that their punter is returning. That's that is excellent, and uh, I had not seen that. I, I was a little busy, so thank you for keeping us up to date. Uh, one and Tory Taylor, of course, he is an older gentleman. He uh, came across the pond as a guy already in his 20s. So, was he 24, 25 years old? And as great as he was during September, it has dissipated a little bit. Still not the the guy that was a Heisman uh, t- candidate back in September as well as he was punting. Taking a small step back at the very least. Well, you weren't, uh, you weren't in our section on Saturday, but uh, there were three ladies in front of us. Uh, either uh, was Tory Taylor's girlfriend, or at least has, has had a relationship with Tory Taylor at some point, because they 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 really really were excited for the punter. So uh, Tory, she, maybe she's the reason he's coming back. I don't know, but Tory uh, <laughs> Tory seems to be doing well for himself. Let's put it that way. I, I'm gonna guess a guy in his 20s, uh, first time on a college campus, got the Australian ox accent. Yeah, I think he's doing just fine for himself. Don't settle down, Tory. Have some fun in your remaining college years. At least one more and maybe two more still in front of him. But Iowa gets their punter back, and Iowa gets a victory going to 9-2. and two. You know, for the consternation that we've had with this team throughout the season, the frustration, certainly after they were handed that first loss against Purdue and then the next one against Wisconsin, it's still quite incredible that this team, with some of the limitations that they have, they are 9-2. and two. Yeah, it really is, Trent. And let's, uh, you know... A couple of weeks ago, you know, we had the positive vibes only edition, and it worked. We've continued to have positive vibes, but I figured today we can go with the uh, today can be the winning ugly edition of uh, the podcast, and we can talk about just how ugly how ugly things have been for this team. But uh, ugly is probably the wrong word. It's never ugly when you end with a W, I guess. And uh, Saturday we ended with a W, and uh, you know there were. I feel like this offense is at least closer to being productive than it was a few weeks ago. It's still not good, but at least there's some hope going forward. Yes, there is. I think that's a good way 
kind of put it and lay it out there. A three-game win streak, that's great. You're happy about it, but there were times that there was a lot of grumbling, I'm sure, in the stands on Saturday against Illinois, down 10 nothing right away. And then Charlie Jones saves the day. And after that one, I went from as down and as concerned as I have been and possibly could be in a game against Illinois to optimistic. Just like that, it was a snap of the finger how quickly tides can change. And let's get Charlie Jones back for another year. Let's do that. Yeah, that'd be nice. And it was bizarre. I don't know if you can see it on TV, but uh, when he when he cut across the field, uh, there was no real feel that that was going to go to the house. It felt like he was, uh, at best, going to uh, get angled out about the 35, 40-yard mm-hmm. line. And I don't know how, but nobody nobody on Illinois decided, let's take an angle and uh, push him out of bounds. So uh, whatever Illinois chose to do, we'll, we'll take it. Because that, you know, it, any hundred yard return is unbelievable, but that one that one felt a little weird almost. It felt like uh, even Charlie was a little surprised when he got to the corner and nobody was there. Well, you're right. And watching it on TV, it looked like yes, they they had the angle. They'll shove him out. But the guy that had the best angle was the kicker, and Jones just outran him. You know, guy got him, got him past the corner, was able to do it that direction, and that's what led to the touchdown. He's got some jets too. But what a fun player to watch. And, well, the offense wasn't exactly fun to watch overall, and a big part of that certainly was the drops. I counted six. Uh, saw other places out there, three. There were the one to Goodson. It was too hot. Need to get a little more touch on there, I'm sure, for Padilla overall. But I don't know. I, maybe it's just the circles that, that I run in and the things that I listen to and where you go on social media. But I'm still surprised. I know it's not a, a vast majority by any means, but there's still people out there that truly believe Spencer Pe- yeah, I don't. I'm. You know, I was a Petrus fan, but I'm. I'm firmly in the in the camp that Padilla needs to finish out this year and then and then see what happens. Uh, you know, I thought Padilla played fine. I, I mean, as fine as you can for a six for seventeen performance, mm-hmm. but uh, he just seems to have a better command uh, of or feel right now than, than Petrus did at, at with his last couple weeks. He just you know, his movement in the pocket, his you know, just comfort level in general just seems a little better. But uh, no, I, and I fortunately, I think Trent, I, I don't think it's a controversy anyway. I think the coaching staff is, is firmly in, in our corner on this one. And I, unless Padilla gets hurt or just really, really falls apart on Friday, I think he is, he's going to get at least two more opportunities before they reopen the competition uh, um, you know, this spring. With that, It's a win, and it's the third win in a row. Ugly, but they're wins, and you had Stat Boy go to work taking a look back at some of the ugliest three-game win streaks that Iowa has had. What did he come up with this week? Well, there's there's two parts to this, Trent. We'll start with the three-game win streak, and then second, start with the nine-win regular season, because both of them uh, are things to celebrate, but... uh, Like I said, this is the the winning ugly edition. So let's start with the three-game winning streak. You can make a legit argument that this is the ugliest three-game winning streak that that we've seen in our our lifetimes, Trent. Uh, But with the simple premise of Iowa has been outgained in all three wins, um, and the yardage has gotten worse every game, 360 to 277 to 255. Simple question for Stat Boy. Has that ever happened before? Has Iowa had a a three game win streak or even outgained in all three W's? And, and again, like like usual, we had Stat Boy go back and you know the Hayden and Kirk era as we're looking at. So basically, uh, from when you were born until today. All right.
So what's your guess? Has this ever happened before? Three games, every one of the three games. Yes, this has happened before. I'm going to say it's happened two other times. It has never happened. Wow. Not a single time. In fact, amazingly enough, Trent, only four times have we been outgained and won two in a row. Hmm. The last time that happened, Trent, it's a good a good memory to go back. So let's go back. Late in the year 2008, we won two in a row while being outgained. Two memorable games. The first one, very, very memorable. Number three, Penn State. We beat them 24-23 at the buzzer on the Daniel Murray kick. Mm-hmm. The next week, we actually talked about this about a month ago. It was uh, Purdue 22-17 to and an, an ugly, ugly victory against Purdue because we we actually talked about hoping we get an ugly victory against them uh, in similar fashion. <laughs> that didn't happen. But outgained in those two, do you remember the next game? Oh. 2008 year. Yeah. You I, were there. What happened? Turn out the lights. It was Sean Green running rough shot over them. We're all dressed up as Hayden Fry. Ah, man, drank way too many cocktails that day. It was a great one. 55 nothing finishing out the unit or the Metrodome. Exactly. So you want to guess the yardage in that game? Oh, boy. Well, there was, what, a Spivet had a pick six in it. I've, I'm going to say 510 to 250. You're, you're, still too, you're still off. 483 to 134. We out yarded them by 350. So uh, that was the last time we, we ran the risk of being outgained uh, three in a row. So, so it's never happened before. So, again, I think you can make a pretty good argument that winning streaks don't get much uglier than the three we've seen in a row. But uh, there's no such thing as a bad winning streak, Trent. Not at all. Yeah, that's crazy. Absolutely crazy to me that this has never happened before, at least in the modern era of Iowa football. A three-game win streak and doing it by being outgained in each of the three games. So, they're winning ugly. They're getting it done it's a nine-win regular season. As I said, it just, at times does not feel like a 9-2 and two team. If they can get to 10, uh, that's going uh, certainly another step further this week with Nebraska on Black Friday. But, Biz? You know, nine wins, Trent, is something to celebrate. It, it doesn't happen all that often. In the 43 years we're talking about from the start of Hayden up through uh, this year, can you guess how many times we've won nine regular season games? Nine regular season games, taking away bowl game, I'm going to say six times. Uh, you're, you're off by a bit. This is actually this will be the this it was the eleventh time. This so, is 11th. Uh, okay. Ten times it happened before. Four times by Hayden, eighty three, eighty five, eighty seven, and ninety one. And then you've got the uh, the Kirk's official uh, the golden years of Kirk in his early years, two thousand two, two thousand three, and two thousand four, three years in a row. Ah, uh, that that's the caveat though, because they didn't win ten. Uh, Oh, nine. We're, we're talking about nine. Okay. I was going nine. double digits in my mind. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that in a second. You're actually right on the 10. So, And then the last three times were 2009, 2015, and 2019. So the uh, the odd years have been kind to us lately. <laughs> so so it's only happened three times in the last uh, in the wins. And if we win on Friday, you'll be correct. It will be the sixth time we've won 10 or more regular season games. So uh, whether it's ugly or not, it's something to celebrate. So what I wanted to do real quick, Trent, is, is go back and look at the 10 times we won nine games in the regular season and to see is this the, uh, is this the ugliest version of a nine-win team we've ever had. Okay. So again, 
Sweeney Nugly Edition. So, mm-hmm. uh, and the answer again, yeah, pretty obvious that yes, it is. So the first thing you realize when, when Statboy got me the information, holy cow, were Hayden's teams uh, dominant in the 80s. Uh, what I had Statboy do is look up the yardage of those teams. And, and 1983, we were plus 134.5 yards per game against our opponents. 1985, plus 162 <laughs> yards per game per opponents. 87, we were plus 137. And then in 91, plus 117. So 140 to 167 and 2,000 yards. So uh, you forget sometimes, you know, Hayden was kind of the original uh, offensive mastermind. We, we were ahead of our time when it came to yardage. We gained over 5,500 yards in all three of those first three years, 80 a game. Uh, that didn't happen anymore, at least not for the Hawks. No, no, not at all. And, oh, what could have been in 1985? Wasn't there a path going into the Rose Bowl, too? I think Iowa was number four or five in the polls, but if there were some other bowl games that went a certain way, Iowa could have won the national championship by beating UCLA. Am I remembering that right? I think there was at least a, you know, back then it was so weird that there were so many random games. I think multiple teams had to lose, but uh, yeah, for whatever reason, we lost that game. We won't get into, (laughs) we won't get into why we don't have to get into conspiracy theories. We can save that for another day, Trent. Maybe we can, we're going to stop by really break down the, uh, the Ronnie Harmon uh, fumbles at some point. That'll be a good summer project for stat boy. Yeah, exactly. So, so then you get into Kirk's six years, some great teams, but definitely not as, as uh, dominant when it came to offense. In fact, uh, Kirk's teams have never, in any of those years, outgained their opponents by, by up to 70 yards. They went uh, plus 69 yards in 02, plus 19 yards in 03, plus 19 yards again in 04. Those were two uh, very defensive-dominated teams. 09 was plus 60 yards, 15 was plus 45 yards. And then two years ago, we were plus 58 yards per game. Um, you want to guess what this year's team is when it comes to yards per game? 20? Uh, we're in the hole, Trent. Oh, no. Minus 21 and a half yards <laughs> per game. We average 293 yards a game, and we average given up about 314. So, uh, yeah, the average of 293 is about 50 yards less than any of those teams. So, uh yeah, nine and two, not pretty, but uh, you know, there's there's more to the story. Uh, and Stat Boy pulled up the more. You want to hear why this team is nine and two? Yes, absolutely. It's pretty simple. It's defense and defense and uh, special teams. We are fourth in the nation in takeaways. We have the most interceptions of any team by by three picks. Return yardage, we're second in the nation in return yards, thanks to old Chuck Jones. We're fifteenth in the nation in, in net punting. 15th in the nation with a starting position. We average starting on the 35, while our opponents average starting on the 24. So uh, you know, the, old, uh, the old, the shirt, as many of you have seen, punting is winning. Uh, I think it probably a little simplifies it, but, but truly this year, uh, special teams and defense definitely is winning. Special teams and defense, no doubt. Negative 21. Oh, boy. That's... That is amazing when you just you hear that number that this team has been outgained by 21 yards per game, and here they are at 9-2. Good stuff out of Snapaway. Anything else? No. I mean, I'm sure – I didn't have him look into this. As we know, Nebraska has outscored their opponents. And I'm sure they've outgained their opponents as well. So I'm sure coming into a – you know, 
obviously we'd rather uh, win ugly and be 9-2 and two than, uh, I, guess, I guess, lose pretty like Nebraska has done all year long. That's true. Well, that's a great segue right into the Cornhuskers as we will see them on Black Friday, 12.30 kickoff BTN. With the biz, this is uh, interesting, impactful as it pertains to the point spread, of course. Martinez, he was told, uh, the media was told by Scott Frost that he will not be available for the game. It went from Nebraska, first of all, opening up as a four-point favorite, and it dwindled down to three and a half at most shops, and then the news comes out. And Iowa now pretty much across the board favored by a point and a half. Aaron Rodgers in the NFL, he's worth about seven points to the point spread. Is Martinez really worth five points? My initial thought was no, and then I saw somebody posted the uh, highlights, or I guess you call them highlights, to uh, Logan Smothers from the um, from the Nebraska spring game, mm-hmm. and uh, boy, he is not a good throwing quarterback. Wow, um, the, the, I, I'm obviously a spring game. You always take the the highlights, sort of, you call them with a grain of salt, but uh, he did not look comfortable throwing the ball in those four or five minutes of highlights. So, uh, he, yeah, I think he probably is. Um, I think he's worth at least probably three points. You know, but you know, obviously, Adrian Martinez is kind of the program whipping boy for Nebraska. But but the fact of the matter is, he has given the Hawks fits. I mean, he was what eighteen for twenty last year, freshman year. He was was unbelievable. I, I remember I remember sitting there in Kinnick freshman year thinking. Uh, we're in trouble. This guy is going to be an absolute star. And obviously that didn't happen, but he's still really, really good. And he is, as the year has gone on, their offensive weapons have kind of dwindled. He he is their offense in a lot of ways. So, so yeah, I think he is worth quite a bit. And having said that, Logan Smothers will probably come out and, and light <laughs> us up. But uh, given the history of Phil Parker, I like our chances against the quarterback that has, what, 11 career passes? Yeah, yeah, I I'm right there with you. And the way that we saw Iowa play rush defense last week, they played really, really well up front against, again, a different kind of offensive line than we saw the week previous against Minnesota. But Iowa defensively, that defensive line I thought played at a high level. Of course, Jack Campbell is all over the place. You had what you'd anticipate there. I'm feeling a lot more confident. I was not overly confident coming into the week, but the news of Martinez being out certainly shifted the opinion for me this week. And I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone, though some people say, Hey, bring up Martinez. I was dominated when he's been out there. I, I'm not ready to go that far. No, I think that's ridiculous. I mean, it's, it can only benefit the Hawks to not have Adrian Martinez out there. I mean, Logan Smothers might be a great quarterback, but the fact of the matter is, you know, one guy has, has started, what, 45 games and, you know, just has the experience and comfort level. The other guy has 11 snaps. So, uh, and, you know, I feel a lot better about this game after – the way our defense performed against Illinois than I did two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We talked about it. I thought that Minnesota game, we were a defense that was was running out of gas and kind of playing on fumes a little bit. But I was really impressed with our defense on uh, on Saturday. You know, it was a classic Phil Parker where you kind of feel them out. First drive looks ugly. They march right down the field and kick our butt. And from that point on, I felt like he had just a perfect feel for, for Illinois pretty much the rest of the day. I mean, I was never – in classic Iowa fashion, we couldn't put them away, but I never really felt, like you said, after the kick return, I never really felt in danger of losing that game. I felt Phil Parker just had complete control over what was going on. And, and I think with the backup quarterback, I feel a little more confident he can do the same thing with Nebraska. With, you know, I, just, I think they're going to have to dumb down their playbook a little bit. They're going to have to simplify things a little bit for him, and that can only play into our hands. 
So it's Nebraska. I really do enjoy now the Black Friday game and then having the full slate on Saturday. Don't have to worry about Iowa playing at the same time as the game. It's a rite of passage every single year. Have to watch Michigan-Ohio State. Just love the pomp and circumstance that surrounds the game, even as the Buckeyes have dominated that series. So, you know, you get that. The other rivalry games, there might be impactful games as it pertains to Iowa in the race. I, I, I love the way this is set up. I didn't go kicking and screaming to the Black Friday. I wasn't sure exactly how it was going to play out. Now, I would hate to see it go away as it, well, did for a year and looked like it was for a while. I'm happy that the Hawks are playing now every year on Black Friday. Are you? Oh, I've always loved Black Friday. I, I, I just think it's, it's one of those things where Nebraska pretended for a long time it wasn't a rivalry and tried to pretend they were better than us. But, you know, <laughs> I, I think it's, a, you know, at some point they're going to beat us, obviously. But, man, you know, if we can keep it rolling. And, you know, I, it's, to me, this has become a legit rivalry over the last, whatever, six, seven, eight years. And, and I, I couldn't imagine it not being on Black Friday at this point. I, I think it's uh, – there's there's a healthy growing hatred between these two programs that I hope uh, hope continues to uh, a continues to get continues to fester and continue to see the same results as well. Right there with you. All right, Biz. With that, let's get into a little basketball. And uh, Iowa, of course, wins again. It was another terrible team on the schedule. Five and zero on the season. It'll be six and zero after Friday night against Portland State, and then it's a road trip to Virginia next Monday. But Keegan Murray is doing things. I knew he was going to be better. I knew there was a good chance he was going to be the top scorer. I knew all the buzz about the NBA draft. But this, I don't care who you're playing, I did not anticipate anything to close in the consistency he's done through the first five games. It's incredible. You usually know these things, Trent. Is there uh, websites out there where you can uh, get odds on him as uh, (laughs) player of the year? Uh, I have not seen any of that yet. I found a place last year that had the Wooden Award. I know Ken Pomeroy right now in his player of the year ratings. He is number two in the country behind EJ Liddell. Uh, you look at the top 10, it's scattered with huge names. I Think of that before the season. You could have got that, what, 500 to one? Probably just would have been a field bet more than anything. Andy Katz didn't even have him in his top 20 players in the Big Ten before the season. And here he is. And yeah, he's second right now in the Pomeroy rating system. It's amazing. It, the superlatives, you can't come up with the right superlatives for this guy. A guy that... His best offer, in fact, his only D1 offer in high school was Western Illinois, and I had a college recruiter tell me before that they didn't think him and Chris were good enough to even play at Western Illinois, one of the worst Summit League programs out there. And now he's on his way to being a first-round NBA draft pick, perhaps. Well, we, I mean, you and I have talked about it a couple times in the past. I, I officiated him multiple times back mm-hmm. when I was, was refing, and not once ever good players. I thought they were very fundamentally sound. They played hard. They did everything well. But not in a million years did I think he was going to become – I mean, he just wasn't that athletic. I mean, whatever he did in that year of prep school, I mean, he was a good athlete. But, uh, you know, I mean, you watch him. He is just – we talk about all the time, his quick jump ability and his ability to, to get up and, and just beat people to the punch – is rare. It's something that Iowa usually the the guys that Iowa get there like that are usually the Doug Thomases of the world, right. where they they can jump but they can't do much else. Uh, but he uh, he's got the rare combo that Iowa doesn't see much, which is crazy athletic and crazy skilled. Which you know is he going to continue to do what he's been doing? Obviously not. I mean, against better competition, he's going to you know, competition is going to slow him down. But second, 
he's still a young kid. He's going to hit the wall probably at some point this year. But uh, let's enjoy it while it lasts because, holy cow, is he on, on quite the run right now. Tony Perkins, he's also on a great run. Uh, you know my infinity for TP. He's a guy that I was hoping to make the leap, at least at this point, looks like. He's definitely taken a step forward from where we saw him. Liked what we've seen. If he's knocking down shots with what he can do defensively, his ability to get to the rim, really like that. Eulis, I didn't thought, didn't think played great last night. He still had eight assists in the game. Now, a couple of times, that was finding Peyton Sanford. Now, we got to bring up Peyton Sanford because you think you got a doppelganger there. I think you just wish you were 22 again and out playing college basketball. Well, to be clear on this, Trent, uh, I was not the one that brought this up. It was my wife that actually oh. mentioned that uh, he, he's a, a sharp-looking guy, Trent. Just uh, Plus, it's the same number. <laughs> I, 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 same number I was in high school. And uh, we have one thing and one thing only in common. We, we were both, we're both uh, good three-point shooters. Yes. So that's, where the, that's where the similarities end. Uh, he's taller than me, faster than me. Uh, better than me in every well i hope at least he's better than me in every other possible way so uh i i could shoot and that was about it but uh you know he's he's shown some uh i joked the first couple games i went to every time he shot the bench would jump up and and you know you'd think everything was going in and he couldn't make a shot the first two games right so uh I joked with my dad that well he, he must be great in practice because boy they, they certainly think every shot's going in and Fortunately, the last two games, uh, more often than not, the bench has been right. Yeah, and uh, it's funny that you say that because I think it was Perkins was asked in the postgame last night about that. He's like, yeah, he doesn't miss in practice. And so that, that's he's what they're not, He's certainly not afraid to shoot. No, that has not yeah. changed. That's what he was the first time he stepped on a varsity floor for Waukee. He was the same way. He is not shy about shooting. He knows that is his skill. Well, another thing, see, you guys are very similar about because it was back in the day. There was not a shot you didn't like. Well, yeah, well, you know, when you're that good, Trent, you, you let him fly, that's for sure. <laughs> that, that way. One other thing, uh, I have to ask you this. So he had the tomahawk dunk in transition. Peyton Sanford's not exactly an above-the-rim kind of player, not an elite-level athlete for a guy at that size. Biz, and I, I'm not saying this flippantly, could you dunk? Was there ever a point where you could dunk? Oh, have you met me before? I, I have. It. Well, you're 6'4", for crying out loud. But no, at one point in my life, I, I could dunk like a tennis ball. Oh like no! I, I, I could get over the rim and like get a tennis ball, but I couldn't even dunk like a like a volleyball. No, Trent, I, I uh, generously I would say my vertical tops out at like what, 15 inches, reach the board. Uh, oh, no. and, you know, not a lot of uh, not a lot of hops or, or you know general. Uh, I guess what do you call it? Flexibility or hops? So. Uh, Again, like I said, I did one thing and one thing well, which is uh, shoot the basketball. But uh, And now I can't do that anymore either, so uh, it's not pretty. It's falling that's, apart. That's why I coach my kids, because I sure as heck can't, uh, can't play anymore. <laughs> oh, fun stuff. Uh, trip down memory lane in a different way there. Hoops, we will, uh, well, I'm sure when we reconvene, we'll have the Virginia game in the books. We'll know more. It's not a vintage Virginia team on Monday, but it's still Virginia. They're going to clamp down. It's going to be a different look. It's going to be a team. With the pulse in, when we get to that point, uh, we'll break things down and they get ready for Big Ten play to begin a week from Friday against Purdue. Yikes. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Anything else on hoops? No, I just, you know, I saw we are now leading the nation in scoring, which uh, <laughs> that's uh, I, I, probably at some point every year, Fran's team leads the nation in scoring. But uh, you know, the thing I was more impressed with, we are, we're, we're fourth best in, in turnovers, which, uh, that's pretty good for a team that gets up and down and, and you know, 
pushes it as much as we do. If we keep taking care of the ball like that, uh, and we keep playing at least moderate, you know, we've talked about before, we don't need to be great at defense. We just need to be top 50, top 75, somewhere in there. If we can somehow get in that, that area, this team, uh, team's got a chance, Trent. They do. They absolutely do. And it's, it's further along than I anticipated here uh, in the first couple of weeks of the season. All right, let's get into our picks as I am nipping at your heels all of a sudden, Biz. You are 18-16-1 against the number. I am 17-18 and 18, trying to climb over Mount 500. Three games this week, and we started with Iowa, a point-and-a-half favorite on the road against Nebraska. Biz, I'm going to throw this one out there before you can ruin it for me. I'm taking the under. I'm going under 41-and-a-half here. Nebraska with a new quarterback. I think they're going to try to limit possessions. We know Iowa in these kind of games can go in the lockbox at times, so I'm going under the 41-and-a-half. So, well, we're, I disagree, Trent. So I'm going the over. I, I, I looked this morning just because I was curious. It'll be 62 degrees in Lincoln wow. on, uh, uh, on Friday. So 62 and not much wind. And I think uh, both teams are going to be leaning on the passing game more than you think. I, I think both teams are going to struggle to run the ball. I think both teams have good run defenses. I can see this being a little more of a shootout than you think. So, not we're not talking you know forty two thirty five, but mm-hmm. you know a lot of the Iowa Nebraska games have ended twenty seven twenty four, and I can see that happening again. So, give, give me the over. Going over forty one and a half. Let's go to the game Saturday eleven o'clock kickoff. The Buckeyes favored by eight in Ann Arbor. Biz, what do you got? You know what? Everything about this game says you should take. Ohio State, they're dominating, and they beat, they beat Harbaugh every single year. I think everybody kind of assumed we've been so obsessed with how great Ohio State's played lately that you kind of forget Michigan's been pretty darn good as well. They uh, stomped Maryland by 40. Uh, you know, they, they've, uh, you know, and I'm still not sold that this is the greatest Ohio State team of all time. They can be really, really good at times, but I, I think I think Michigan will put up some points and, and – Will they win? No, I don't think they win. But I think they if you're gonna give me more than a touchdown, give me a give me Harbaugh to keep it close and lose another sad one. Yeah, I really like Hutchinson and what they've done with that defense up front. I am still not a huge believer in the Ohio State offensive line when they play the good teams and good defensive lines. That's why even if they do survive this week, there's just something that I think I'll be grabbing the Badgers in the points if that's how it plays out against the Buckeyes in the Big Ten championship game. I with everything you said, I agree with, but I got to try to track you down here, so I'll take the Buckeyes and I'm going to lay the points and just try to fade you in that direction. That's why I let you go first. So finish up with our best bet of the week. And Biz, I have the two late games on Saturday. I like them both and I like both favorites. And you know, I don't normally like playing favorites. BYU is a touchdown favorite at USC and UCLA is favored by a touchdown at home against Cal. I'm going to go with BYU. USC has absolutely quit. That effort they gave against UCLA last week was pathetic. BYU loves beating Pac-12 teams, so I'm going to lay the touchdown. I like both those games, but BYU, my best bet of the week. Well, I got the same mindset as you, Trent. I'm looking at uh, a Pac-12 team that is absolutely pathetic and has quit, uh, but not the same one you're looking at. Uh, I don't know if you paid attention, but Stanford Ooh. might be the worst Division One team in, in football the last month. I mean, they are just getting absolutely throttled by teams. Cal put up 600 yards against them last week. Uh, 
They've quit. On the flip side, Notre Dame needs some style points. They need to win big. This this one seems way too easy to me, which usually means uh, Stanford will probably win the game. But uh, Notre Dame's getting less than three touchdowns against a Stanford team that quit, and they got to put up some uh, style points. Give me Notre Dame minus 19. Laying the 19. We're laying some heavy lumber here this week, and those are our picks for this week. And that crappy Notre Dame team, they're not very good. They've improved, but that offensive line still stinks. And there's still a realistic possibility that they could play in the college football playoff. We've seen it before. Those teams at least had some semblance of some positivity. I see nothing here. If Notre Dame gets in the playoff, how gross is that going to be? Well, I think they're, I mean, it really comes down to, I mean, I can't imagine they would pick them over Cincinnati since Cincinnati beat them heads right. up. But if Cincinnati loses to Houston mm-hmm. in their conference championship game, I mean, Notre Dame's probably next in line. And I agree with you, Notre Dame's not great. But, boy, they, they put up some impressive performances over the last month. They, they've stomped some bad teams, including – They've definitely gotten better, but you know if they get if they get in, I think we all know what'll happen. They'll they'll get throttled by Georgia, you know, forty-one to ten, and then the same same complaint every year. In, in that way, I hope Oklahoma State runs the table and they would get the nod over them, something like that. I just I don't want to see this Notre Dame team. They haven't been very good. We will see, and we'll see the playoff committee rankings. And Gary Barta could look like a moron in front of the national audience once again tonight on that hideous, stupid TV show that I absolutely hate. But uh, that's what it is. Anything else, Biz? Along those same lines, Trent, you know my my general dislike for Gary Barta. I'm going to be absolutely livid tonight if he decides or if the committee decides to keep Michigan State above Iowa. Because the fact of the matter is, Trent, we've still got a decent chance of getting a New Year's Six Bowl. Mm -hmm. But we've got to get above Michigan State. Michigan State gave up 500 yards and 49 points in the first half in the game last week. There's no way they should be above us. But they will, because that's just how Gary Barta operates. I saw he already commented, oh, the Citrus Bowl would be lovely for Iowa. Oh, so uh, he's already just resigned the fact that, no, we're not going to make the top 12. So, so yeah, I'm sure we'll be about 16th, and Michigan will be about 13th, and we'll have no chance of, of making a New Year's Six Bowl, even though uh, there's no reason that Michigan State should be ahead of us. They just got absolutely throttled. So but uh, that, that's my... My, my current angry thought about Gary Barda. Hopefully he proves me wrong, but I doubt it. Well, let's go on a different rant now. Let's do it with Biz's Beat. Hey, kids, gather around for Biz's Beat of the Day. Okay, here's Biz's Beat of the Day. Well, it's Thanksgiving week, Trent, which uh, means we got to find something to be thankful for. And to me, it's easy, Trent. I am thankful for the greatest together team ever. I assume you've seen the quote, uh, our favorite, uh, the world's greatest coach, Matt Campbell, has, has not once but twice announced to the media that his goal is to, to create the greatest together team ever. And, and they've accomplished that this year, even though they're six and five. So I am so thankful for that quote because that is a quote. It's, it's like the gift that keeps on giving, Trent. That is a quote that we will talk about five, 10, 20 years down the road. It's kind of like uh, Kirk's That's Football. It's just a quote where you hear it, you cringe, and it's just such a used cars, car salesman mentality of uh, we're six and five, but you know what? We've met all of our goals because we're still the greatest together team ever. So uh, thanks to Matt Campbell for uh, the gift that I think will keep on giving for, for years to come. Clark, that's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And uh, Matt Campbell's comments certainly 
the case. He also pulled out in his press conference after another loss that he was proud of his team. So to think of Paul Rhodes and are we trending the direction that Matt Campbell is going to be wearing a hard hat here a couple of years down the line before he's ultimately shown the door? In a way, it has a lot of similarities to the Paul Rhodes era. Are you asking would he ever get canned at Iowa State? I was told they would never happen with Paul Rhodes. He was one of them. He was an Ankeny guy. And a couple of three and nine, two and ten seasons certainly changed things quickly. And look at that team and that too deep for next year. Woof. Uh, Trent, I, I, I like your uh, your constant needling of the Iowa State fan base, but I can't get on board with you on this one. And the, he, he, if he wants to say epic collapse, or it would have to be a scandal of some sort, but. Uh, He's built up enough goodwill that he's there until uh, he decides to leave. So I, I, I hope I hope two years from now I'm horribly wrong and we're talking about one of the all-time collapses back to uh, the seller and, and he is on the hot seat. But I don't see that happening. For as much as I rip on Matt Campbell, I think as long as he's there, the clones are going to be competitive just because he's smart enough to know what it takes to be a competitive in a, uh, a consistently mediocre or below Big 12. So... I can't get on board with you on that, but I, but I can get on board with the greatest together team ever because I, I just every time I hear it, it makes me giggle. Champions of life. That is Iowa State football. Biz, enjoy Thanksgiving. Have a good time down in Arizona. Get a nice tan, and we will talk again soon. All right, go Hawks.